following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Andrew and I conclude this month's NFL history theme of players that left the game early with a career retrospective on Oilers great Earl Campbell. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Well, Andrew, my friend, we have got through another month of stuff. Yes. Themes. Um, how are you doing this Friday? Not doing too bad. Not doing too bad at all. Um, pretty pumped. Going to Whataburger. Ooh. So that's always the best. Spicy ketchup is the most life-changing condiment. I don't know if I've had spicy ketchup. Oh, it is. Ryan and I praise it <laughs> must be a I, texas thing it's yeah it's only from what i can tell it's only made by whataburger it's whataburger spicy ketchup and you, i just found out you can buy it in the bottles at at the store so mm. now okay I buy, now i have to buy two bottles of ketchup every time we need one because gotta get the spicy and then the regular for the rest of the kids because but spicy ketchup is life to me okay i am a ketchup uh aficionado it's 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 like regular ketchup but it's not overly spicy but it's just got the nice right hint of spice that makes you go hmm this is a little bit better than normal ketchup okay i'll have to keep that in mind yes maybe someday when i finally get down to texas i'll you have to take me to whataburger you have to go i have to as an adoptive Texan, I have to take I have to take you to Whataburger. <laughs> you, you do know this, right? You got to go to Whataburger. Oh yeah, and you got to go to the stockyards. Yeah, I mean we can have an initiation with people too when they come to Buffalo. Got to take them to get chicken wings, um, stuff like that. So no, I completely get that. Yeah, you gotta go from what I, that's from what I understand. Got to go to stockyards, and you got to have Whataburger. <laughs> Um, so today, yes, as I mentioned in the intro, it is our final episode for this month's theme. Um, Andrew, what do we have for the month of June coming up? We are doing, I do believe, let me check my notes because I have way too many. Uh, we're doing left-handed quarterbacks. Very cool. I could finally do my Tua Tungo Viola episode. There you guys love <laughs> Tua. There's so many good left-handed quarterbacks. I we, and it's funny because you did a Michael Vick one before. I did. Yeah. Wait, did it? Did, did I do a oh I did long time ago? Long and that's when I was you, recording at my old apartment. And you did a Steve, and we did just did a Steve Young. So everybody's like, well, who else is out there? There are many other left-handed quarterbacks that we can talk about. 
For sure. So that should be a fun one. As always, we start off the month with a discussion and uh, we kind of just go from there. So, um, so very good. But uh, yeah, so Earl Campbell is a special one. I was thinking that he didn't really, when you think of guys who retired early at it, I don't necessarily know if Earl Campbell is the first one that comes to mind for a lot of people, but, um, but just scrolling through and seeing when he ended up retiring, he, he did not have a very long career. Um, you know, relatively, it was relatively quick. So he played 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, and 85. And that was it. I think he was 31 when he decided to hang up his boots or his cleats, so to speak. And, uh, but man, uh, Andrew, you probably taught me the most about Earl Campbell without me really <laughs> looking into him. And I have heard stories from my dad and such, but my God, what a ferocious, powerful, runner yeah right in a day and age where you know running backs were uh, i mean good great running backs well we'll say good good running backs were a dime a dozen and earl campbell found a way to stand out yeah i i love earl campbell and once again he is a he is an official texas hero so (laughs) yes right he was born and raised in texas yes he's the tyler rose in tyler texas Another place that when my wife says, oh, let's do a road trip. And I say, let's go to Tyler. And she's like, what's there? I'm like, home of Earl Campbell. Why would you not want to go there? (laughs) But he is one of those guys that once again, watching like NFL films and everything else, you just see the most classic one was yesterday's play of the day on on Isaiah Robertson. Oh, it was great. And Isaiah Robertson was, I always thought he was a crappy linebacker just some regular guy turns out he's a pro bowl linebacker that he did that too. But you see that watching like NFL films and you're like, wow, I need to know more about this guy. Just the giant legs on him, the way that he ran with speed and power. Not too many guys have that. I'm not sure what his 40, if even if they even did 40 times back then, but he was just so fast. Like he could, Hit you and then run 20 yards down the field. Let me see if I could find something on a 40 time. But yeah, he was a uh a a, a bear of a man. <laughs> Five <laughs> foot eleven, two hundred and thirty-two pounds. Just, uh, but that's solid. I mean, that's solid. That's pure wrecking ball. Just coming at you. There's another classic one that I, I need been meaning to send you where him and Jack Tatum hit each other and it just looks like they just hit each other with such, such force that they just kind of knock each other out. Like they just kind of fall backwards and, and that's it. Uh, according to this, I looked up a couple different things, a four five. Okay. That's not too bad. I get a couple different results. Four five. I see four, six in the 40. He looks fast. 36 inch uh, thighs. Jeez. All right, let me just make sure this is the right thing. Okay, they did. Okay, so this is from ESPN.com. They did a mock draft for the ages. That's awesome. And they look back. It's just kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah, 4.6 in the 40. Uh, yeah, 36-inch thighs. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty outstanding. Uh he completed those love you blue oilers too when you think of those love you blue oilers you think i always 
to me, even though I wasn't born in that era, I think of two people. I think of Earl Campbell and I think of good old bum Phillips. Yeah. I think of the love you blue Oilers. They came about in that time. And I mean, Houston was a pretty prominent, uh, uh, a very prominent, actually, AFL team. I think they were the first AFL champions, if that you know counts for anything in 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 people's eyes. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Yes, they were the first. First back to back, also. AFL first back to back. Okay. So that's. He's probably also the greatest oiler to ever play. Like, I know there's a lot around Derrick Henry and everything else, but. Well, they were never I, oilers. True. <laughs> true, 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 true. But no, he's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, I think it's a pretty given. You got, I mean, him, Warren Moon, uh, top of their class, uh, you know, during their, their different eras. And honestly, it put a spotlight on one of these really incredible things that I, I never really thought of. Man, Tennessee slash Houston, as far as the Oilers go, been really good historically at the running back position for a long time. And I, I don't know if that gets enough credit or, or respect. It really doesn't. But they've had so many talented runners over the years. Um, Campbell, Eddie George, uh, Chris Johnson, Derrick Henry now. And there's been there's been others in between, of course, too. Chris Johnson is definitely the one of these things are not like the other when it comes to running styles, but oh, for sure, for sure. But man, but, that dude could go. It's, and uh, I was actually very excited when you said Earl Campbell because this was, I wanted to do Sterling Sharp. And then when I asked you, I said, What are we doing? And you said Earl Campbell. I was like, Yes, because this guy is like the ultimate just power back i know the nfl network did a countdown i know he was i think he was i know he was in the least top five but when you just think of power he's he's in there just for what he did to people just destroying them every which way and yeah using i mean using every body part that's the most important thing using every body part that he possibly could um you know he was a a freak he used his head Stiff arms, you know, you shoulders. He knew how to he knew how to manipulate the body and, and get extra yardage that a lot of guys would just go down for today. Because they don't make them like they used to. Man. No, no. I'll tell you the guys this all the time. They don't make them like Mr. Earl Campbell. It's and I think he's one of those runners that have kind of fell by the wayside because of his style and what he did back then where we, like I said, we mentioned a Derrick Henry and that seems to be like the end all be all when you talk about running backs nowadays. Well, Derrick Henry is a throwback to those old, that older era. Yeah. But you, you know what I mean by like, when you think of great running backs though, also, even when you get into your Emmett's and your Barry Sanders, right. I think unless you were around or you've seen this, you don't always mention Earl Campbell. No, he's, he's, like I said, he's often forgotten in a lot of, in a lot of things, it's just a lot of variation. And it's, it's unfortunate. And it may be because of his shortened career. And he makes one hell of a hot link. Just <laughs> to let you know. That's what I hear. 
Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's hop into uh, his life and career. So Mr. Earl Christian Campbell was born to Ann and Bert on March 29th, 1955 in Tyler, Texas. And uh, he was one of 11 siblings. Unfortunately, at a very young age, Mr. Bert Campbell passed away. Uh, Earl was um, 11 years old at around that time. Uh, right around kind of the time his father passed away, he did start to play football and he started off as a kicker. And, but when he moved on to the sixth grade, um, he watched some Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus was his hero. He absolutely loved those physical style. So he moved over to linebacker, um, and tried to model some of his play after him. Uh, his mother, Anne tried her hardest as I think a lot of, a lot of moms might do, um, to, try to get him to not play football in high school. Like did, didn't want him to do it. Um, you know, mothers sometimes have that sixth sense where they're just they're aware of the dangers and, and all that, but it's Texas and there's nothing bigger in Texas than football. No. Um, and Earl absolutely, he, she said, yeah, I treat, I disencouraged Earl, but he always loved it. And uh, in 1973, he helped the John Tyler High School to the Texas 4A state championship. Um, and he was named Mr. Football USA. Uh, he was the National High School Player of the Year his, in 1973. Uh, but he had his, his pick of the litter when it came to choosing a college. Houston, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, and Baylor. And um, he got some, he got, you know, a couple big visits, Barry Switzer from Oklahoma, Daryl Royal from Texas, and he wanted to stay in Texas. Yeah, it was just, that was his thing. So um, he, it, the fun little quote, little thing here, Barry Switzer, he wrote a book in 1989 and said that Campbell was the only player that he ever saw who could have gone straight from high school to the NFL and immediately became a star. So he was, uh, which is a huge compliment. I mean, sometimes you, you know, you have these unsuccessful recruiting trips, um, you know, and it, there's a little bit of Jade, you know, the, the people take it personally nowadays. I don't know how they did back then. I'm sure a little bit, but um, to, to receive that compliment, that's, that's pretty astounding. Pretty astounding. Yeah. Uh, that, that's huge. Cause there's not too many guys that you could think today that can do that. No, because that's one of the big things is why you keep them in college for so long or they got to have at least gone to school for at least three years before they come out. Got to right. let the body mature a little bit more. Right. Right. And, you know, it's yeah, we've talked about, you know, trying to figure out a way to cut the middleman out of college and, and, and figure that all out. But it's yeah, it's a maturity thing. We see a lot of young guys flake out of the NFL early. So obviously it was for the best. I don't think, I, no, nobody's been able to do that though yet. Right. Go right from high school. There's people who haven't played since high school, but nobody's gone right from high school to the national football league. I haven't really seen any of that. Right. Maybe junior college. And that's it. This is probably the lowest. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. Um, so at college Campbell, he went to university of Texas at Austin and he played college football for the Texas Longhorns from 74 to 77. And he was just a monster. He got, um, 928 yards, six rushing, uh, six touchdowns at 74, uh, 1,118 yards and 13 touchdowns in 75. 
uh, over seven games played, 653 yards and three touchdowns in 1976. And his senior year, oh boy, oh boy, did he um, he put people he took people back to the woodshed, um, so to speak. <laughs> One thousand over eleven games played, one thousand seven hundred and forty-four rushing yards, averaging six point five yards per carry, and he had eighteen rushing touchdowns. Jeez. And in his final regular season game, he uh, he rushed a career high two hundred and twenty-two yards and a 57 to 28 victory over um yeah final regular season game uh, over Texas A&M and they finished the Texas Longhorns finished this, that season undefeated and they actually ended up going on to play number 5 Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl and uh they, they did lose but uh, Campbell rushed for uh 116 yards but um but yeah Campbell did get the Heisman Award Memorial Trophy that year which was a pretty big honor, um, of course, at the time. It still is to this day, no doubt about it. But um, a lot of sports acknowledgments, you know, he was that he was that good. He was that good. A seven to, I mean, think about that. Seven, 1,744 rushing yards in 11 games. That's monstrous. In 18 rushing touchdowns. Some guys can't do that in 16 who are <laughs> ball hogs. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're literally the bell cows of their team. They can't get that in 16. So well, that was like his crucial year too, because his senior year, he tore his hamstring right off the bone. Right. And as the new coach that came in, Fred Akers told him, said, we're going to, we're going to use you, but you have to drop 20 pounds. Cause he knew that's what happened was he was too overweight carrying everything and the way how powerful he was that that just completely tore his hamstring doing that. So if he knew he dropped that 20 pounds, he'd be even more special than what he was. No, for sure. So it came draft time. It came draft time. And uh, Campbell was, he was a surefire uh, first round pick. He actually was taken first overall in 1978. And they signed him to a six-year $1.4 million contract. So um, that's about a little bit more than 200K a year. It's not bad. No, during that time, there was a significant amount of money. That that was a lot of money. There's a part of me that wants to just look at my phone and type in the U.S. inflation calculator, but um, <laughs> but Houston gave up a lot to get that. It wasn't that they were just sitting number one overall. They traded with Tampa Bay, who was that was their really bad years. Um, where Tampa Bay, right, I think they lost like 26 games straight. They were kind of in the middle of that run. Yeah. Um, they were real bad. Real bad. They traded uh, tight end Jimmy Giles, their first and second round picks in 78, and their third and fifth round picks in 79 to move up and get Earl Campbell. And uh, it, it, yeah, he felt like he needed a physical runner for this for this Love You Blue Oilers team. Uh, I, I love that quote in there that they'd, you weren't winning without a running back. How the NFL has changed. Oh, I know. Massively. I mean, it's still that case to this day, but it has, uh, it, 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 it's definitely in what four, well, yeah, about 40 years Yeah, difference now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's changed quite a bit, but so uh, I did do the inflation on it. Yeah. So it's a, it's just over a million dollars today. Okay. So that's, so, yeah, that's a fair price. It's, yeah, that's pretty damn good. 
that's pretty damn good. Um, comparatively, especially when you think about the contracts and honestly, the, the money, the money flow in the NFL back then, yeah. um, it wasn't quite this production that it is today, but, um, but yeah, he crushed it. His, his rookie year, he led the league and he got 1,450, uh, 1,450 rushing yards. He was the offensive rookie of the year, um, by sporting news and in the Associated Press and, uh, AFC offensive player of the year by, um, United Press International. Uh, yeah, it was just there's a lot of a lot of acknowledgments, and he was considered the MVP by uh, Newspaper Enterprise Association. Of course, it's not the official one, but um, it's 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 big. But Campbell playing as well as he did uh, did contribute to the love you. It started the love you blue era in Houston because they had they had a star. They had a legend to kind of they had a, a legend in the making to to really rally behind. They had some pieces, of course, but um, but they were starting to get some stuff. They just drafted uh, Dan Passerini, and maybe a year or two prior to that, and yeah, he was in a seventy-one with Archie. Yes, so um, so yeah, it was a couple years before that, and uh, they're really starting to kind of put things together here. So uh, uh, it's funny because his rookie year. <laughs> During training camp, run a drill. And, you know, you run forward, you do like the little leg cross, the okie doke, and then you would run backwards, you know, set up three cones. And the running back coach went to Bum Phillips because Earl kept on falling down, running backwards. Right. And the running back coach went to him and said, I don't know. He keeps on falling down when <laughs> whatever he's got to run backwards. And Bum said, Well, uh, it's a good thing we're not going to ask him to run backwards and we're only going to ask him <laughs> to go forward. So that's funny. <laughs> well, that's yeah. To show you. <laughs> you was quite, a, quite the guy. Oh, I love Bum. Um, yeah, he's very quotable. Um, 1979, his second, uh, yeah, second year in the league. Dan Passerini got hurt. He was uh, in the middle of a, he had a midseason shoulder injury and Campbell actually legitimately put the team, like put the team on his back, not, not like literally and figuratively. Uh, and he got him into a five game win streak and they ended up beating, I think it was the Staubach led Cowboys on Thanksgiving day, which was like, whoa, <laughs> like, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Right. 79. I think Staubach's still there. Stallback still there. It's yeah. his last year. Yes. Um, yeah, he rushed for 195 yards and two touchdowns, and he finished that season with 1,697 rushing yards and 19 touchdowns. Um, you just pile it on records, man. Pile on records. Seven consecutive 100-yard games, um, 11 100-yard rushing games total, 368 carries, and uh, the Associated Press named the NFL MVP. That's crazy. You go from offensive player of the or rookie of the year to MVP. Yeah. That's that's pretty big. Doesn't happen often, that's for sure. But um as with all very physical running backs, and it's kind of interesting to see this question aspect then as it is now. Um, they didn't know how long that Campbell would stay healthy. They thought he was pretty reckless, uh, his running style was obviously that physical nature. Um you know, that he ran with, you can't do that all the time, un unfortunately. Um, but it is cool to see them asking this question back in 78. Um, 
you know, a, a lot of people were, I'm not going to say they were rooting for it, but it was, it was kind of expected. It's like, um, it, it took him a while to really slow down. Um, I know what you're saying. It's, it's you know like, what I mean? Like, it's me and Josh Allen. It's me and Josh Allen. Like whenever he takes off, I don't want him to get injured. Yeah. But I wince because I'm just waiting for somebody to like hit the knee and then the ACL is gone. Right. And, but I, that's the way I'm thinking of it in my head. I don't want to see him get hurt. I'm just worried that, and I'm not even a pills fan. I'm just worried. He is going to get hurt. Like, dude, calm yourself a little bit. And you could see it with the, you know, or another kind of quarterback. You could say that with the uh, Cam Newton as well. Cam. I mean, people like Lamar, you get nervous about. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of those mobile court I and mean, mobile quarterbacks and just running backs in general. You know, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry for, suffered his first like major injury last year. And it's like, oh, that's not good. Right. That's, that's, it's a little nerve wracking. Like if I'm a Tennessee Titans fan this year, I, I'm nervous. I mean, I'm nervous for him as a Colts fan, what Derrick Henry's going to look like, but because, but that's the physicality. And, and sometimes you got to play your, your style. You, you got to switch your style up. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately at the expense of, of who you are as a player, what makes you special. But uh, Bum Phillips was not about that. He was not about that. He was like, I love what Earl Campbell does i've been wanting a running back like earl forever for this team so um he's gonna just keep on doing what he did uh but 79 was a special season 11 and 5 the tennessee oh jesus uh the houston oilers went and they defeated the denver broncos in the wild card round which was their first home playoff win since 1960 and then they beat the san diego chargers which was actually pretty uh incredible as well Pastorini and Earl Campbell weren't playing in that game. Um, and the backups ended up winning, but they uh, succumbed to that damn Pittsburgh Steel uh, Steelers steel curtain defense the following week. I, um, that's a good what if. What have if they were healthy? Seen, no, have you seen that game? Uh, I have not. I've, I've read about it, but I've, I've, I don't think I've ever watched it. That 79 AFC championship game, something something's fishy in Pittsburgh when it comes to things and Boyd might Boyd might get a little upset with me on this one, but if you watch, doesn't get upset, (laughs) but if you watch it, there's a throw from Dan past. Yeah. It was Dan Pastorini to Mike Renfro and Mike were both of Mike Renfro's feet are in, but they called it. They never gave it a signal until later on until all the refs talk to each other Mm. and there was no instant replay. But if you look at it, Mike Renfro's feet are in, and that could have changed the tide of the game. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to take a look at it. We'll have to take a look at that. Um, I forget that the Oilers made it that far, but what a miracle season. Um, were Passerini and Campbell out in that championship game too? No, Passerini was there. I don't know if Campbell – I don't think Campbell was. Yeah, because they don't have stat. Oh, wait, he was held at just 15 well, yards. Yeah, because I'm sorry. When I, um, yeah, because when I was doing research that first year, they ended up going, I think, in 78. Okay. And they got they got destroyed 34 to 5. And mean Joe Green said it was real simple. We're just gonna stack the line, and we knew that we could take away their receivers. Right. So we're just gonna stack the line. 
this is I, no, this is about Mel Blunt, Mel Blunt real time, but still take away the receivers, stack the line. We're going to stop Earl Campbell. Because in the first one, he only had 62 yards rushing as long as one was 11 yards. Hmm. So they they knew what they were doing. Kind of that. Uh, yeah, damn, 17 carries for 15 yards. Last time I saw something like that was a fantasy, a retro fantasy football game. No, <laughs> Barry Sanders. I think he has the record for postseason, uh, lowest postseason total at like negative yard or something like that against the Packers. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, heartbreaking ending to that season, but uh. Campbell came back. He has his best year in 1980, 1,934 rushing yards over 15 games, um, averaging 128.9 yards per game. And he finished just 70 yards short. Uh, yeah, 70 yards short of breaking OJ Simpson's uh, single season rushing yards record that was set in 73. But uh, he led the league in rushing yards, touchdowns, broke his own carries record. And, um, and a lot of his yardage came in the fourth quarter. So they start, which is weird because a lot of teams start to get a little nervous, get a little pass happy in that fourth quarter. He was getting a lot of rushes in that fourth quarter. So um, that season, four games over 200 yards rushing, which, uh, which is pretty astounding. He also threw a 57 yard touchdown pass that year to Billy white shoes, Johnson, um, which is pretty cool that year in 1980, the Oilers once again, finished with an 11 and five season record. Uh, but they did lose that wild card playoff game to the Raiders. And I think, is that the year that the Raiders won? In 80? 1980. Yeah. That's a Raiders year. Okay. I see they got no bomb in 1980. They fired them. Well, after that. Yeah. After, after that game, um, after they lost, but uh, yeah, Campbell won the Jim Thorpe trophy trophy. And, uh, yeah, the offensive player of the year again by the Associated Press. But, yeah, bump, they can bump Phillips a couple of days after um, this game, three days to be exact. And uh, defensive coordinator Ed Biles was get named the head coach. And 81, it just was not good. I, seven and nine finish was what the, uh, the Oilers had in 1981. And they failed to make the playoffs for the first time with Campbell on the roster. And uh, he just, it wasn't the same. Campbell, he didn't get any rushing yards title. He finished fifth in yards, still productive, 1,376th and uh, six yards and 10 touchdowns. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, it just, uh, it just didn't click. He got um, invited to the fourth Pro Bowl, but he did not make an all pro roster, which did hurt. And at 82, the team did not do very well either. Players strike short in the season, and uh, the Oilers went one and eight. They did a lot of tinkering in like 1980. They traded away Pastorini for Stabler. Uh, I think this is when they brought in Dave Casper, either in 80 or 81. Interesting. There's a lot of like weird tinkering things that was supposed to help them, but. Never did. It obviously didn't. You know, they, they made a mistake getting rid of Bum Phillips. Clearly, two seasons with just terrible records. I mean, Camel had two touchdowns and 538 yards um, in 1981 or 82. Excuse me. I know it was a strike short in the season, but 
is what it is. Uh, but 83, it was a lot better. It was a, a lot better. He, he, his production went up, but the Oilers still stunk. Um, he finished 83 with 1,301 yards and two touchdowns and got invited to his fifth Pro Bowl, but the Oilers uh, finished at 2-14. and 14. And they actually, uh, their head coach pulled him in the second half of this against the Cincinnati Bengals in week 10 of 83. And that is the Bengals Super Bowl year, correct? 83? Or is it 81? 83 is, no, 81 is the Bengals. Okay. 83 is the Raider. No. Yeah. 83 is Raiders Redskins. Okay. Or, or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yeah don't want to don't want to piss off nobody um <laughs> it's a lose-lose either way so. it really it is it is but uh but yeah he was pissed he's like i want to i can't take this anymore i want to be traded um he finished the season with the team but he's like i i gotta go he goes he keeps hearing how dumb he is how washed up it, can't read can't read holes can't block, can't catch a football. He said he's tired of it, and the the team just sucking has just sucked the life out of him. Um, and in 84, middle of it, new head coach, Hugh Campbell. They started with a season with six straight losses, and uh, it wasn't going well, so they traded him to the New Orleans Saints, reuniting him with Coach Bum Phillips. Uh, Saints traded or traded, uh, excuse, excuse me, exchanged a first-round pick for him in 85. Um, and uh, yeah, New Orleans was it was a big surprise across the board because the team already had George Rogers, who's the eighty-one number overall, number one overall pick, and he was the Rookie of the Year and Russian champion. But man, they had two Heisman Trophy winners in that backfield. That is uh, quite the quite the comp, you know, quite the backfield. Like it doesn't get much better than that, especially at that time period too. That's 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 pretty good. I'm not sure whatever happened of George Rogers, but. Um, at that point in their careers, it sounds like they're, they're both very well off. And that's, that's kind of almost like having like a Thurman and Barry, <laughs> at least the caliber, uh, you know, like, uh, well, like, Roger, Rogers, they're pretty good. I never heard, I never looked into him too much. So we'll have to a- he did because the boy drafted him one time and he okay. was like, whatever happened to George Rogers. And I read his Wikipedia and then, the only thing to really sum it up is cocaine's a, a hell of a drug. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. That's what I got out of all that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it just didn't pan out, and he just he, he slowed down. Earl Campbell just did not quite capture the magic. Um, it just had a diminished role in the offense, and you know, unfortunately, that was kind of where everything just, you know downhill tallied off downhill um lose the step yeah he only rushed for one uh he had one final 100 yard game and that was in 1985 and uh he had hit 160 yards against the vikings in which he scored his only touchdown of that season and he finished the year with only 643 rushing yards and he thought about coming back because he wasn't he was only like five Exactly, 593 rushing yards short of the 10,000 rushing yards mark. But uh, he was working out in 86, and he said, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. 
Um, so preseason 86, he decided to call it quits and he said the beating he took. So in a way the the kind of, unfortunately, so the naysayers were a little bit right, you know, being his physical style of running kind of beat on him, but that's why he's remembered, you know, as fondly as he is. It's, it's one of those give and take kind of things, but, um, but yeah, so he retired with, uh, 2,187 carries, 9,407 yards rushing, and 74 touchdowns in the regular season. Um, but, yeah, he did uh, pretty dang well for himself. He's one of the best power – widely regarded as one of the best power running backs in, in National Football League history. And uh, there's a couple quotes about people uh, <laughs> you know, saying he was the hardest running back that they ever played against. But, um, but yeah, in, uh, 1991, he was inducted into the pro football hall of fame amongst, uh, John Hanna, Stan Jones, Tex Schramm and Jan Stenyred. So, um, what Jan Stutterud. Oh, okay. Jan Stenyred. All right. Now I know, but, um, really cool. Bum Phillips is head coach, you know, for many years, got to induct him in. And uh, the Oilers in 87 retired his number 34 jersey. And in 1999, he was um, he was actually offered. <laughs> he was inducted as one of six charter members in the Titans Hall of Fame, but he declined an invitation to the induction ceremony, stating, I am not a huge. I was a Houston Oiler, not a Tennessee Titan. Um, I kind of like that. I do. I, I, I admire I, it. I, I, I get what they're trying to do, but yeah. I, I like it. I like that. And then it's kind of the same way with like Baltimore with the Ravens. They can't be the Colts, but yet they honor the old Baltimore Colts past. Right. And uh, Johnny, you didn't, you know, he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't really care for Indianapolis. He stuck. Yeah. He stuck with Baltimore. That was his, his, his thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so over, unfortunately over the last couple of years, he hasn't been doing well health wise, probably over the last, uh, 21 years or so, very, uh, a ton of physical ailments, uh, in 2001 at the age of 46, he could barely close his fifth fist due to arthritis. Um, he developed foot drop because of nerve damage and he was unfortunately diagnosed with spinal stenosis in 2009 and he uses a, uh, he, you know, he uses a cane to walk as well as a wheelchair, but, um, but yeah, uh, in 2012, he admitted, I think some of it came from playing football the way that I did, but, um, but yeah, um, he is still alive. He's six 57, 67, 67 years old right now. Um, but still alive. You see him at autograph sessions. He still makes appearances and stuff, but they, uh, you know, a legendary guy that a lot of people sometimes forget about. And I, I thought it was just only fair to uh, to show him some love on today's episode. Yeah. It, it, the running style and everything else, you know, that probably did take a giant toll. But in a way, that was his meal ticket. You know, that's right. Sometimes you only know how to do something one way. And if that one way is is really, really good. Then you got to. You got to kind of roll with it. Unfortunately, I mean, nobody could predict some of the other ailments that happen, but it's, yeah, it's sad. Um, 
a lot of these guys know the kind of the potential of injuries and such that could happen. So uh, it is unfortunately one of those things, but that is it for Mr. Earl Campbell, everybody, um, a very well accomplished uh, football player in his career, his very short career, but did leave the game early just because he couldn't do it anymore. Uh, as Andrew said, next week starts our June theme of left-handed quarterbacks. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it right this time. Um, yes, we, <laughs> so we'll be back next, uh, next week for NFL history with that. Of course, uh, you know, this is our last episode before Memorial day weekend. Enjoy it. We're still going to have episodes Monday through Friday. That doesn't change a couple weeks. Our fantasy football episodes on Saturdays start right back up again. So, um, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I want to, you know, I appreciate all your support. Please uh, go out, spend time with your family, enjoy the weekend. Um, it's going to be a hot summer. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. It's going to be here, but Memorial Day is like the, the, the nice kickoff the summer. Um, perfect long weekend. You know, we usually go fishing. We usually do a flea market, um, which I might go to still this year. I don't know yet, but um, but just, you know, I'm taking, I took today off of work so we can kind of, you know, just, just really enjoy the long weekend and, and make it happen. So, um, but all right, that is it, everybody on behalf of Andrew and I till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. <laughs>